With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Ooh, Bosco's boys. Come on, boys. Boom, the boys are back, and it is time for a Spotify live show um don't know how many more of these we're actually going to have spotify live is actually uh dying off at the end of the month um i think there'll be one or two more of these shows um but after that um there was always going to be a break with the live shows over the summer but uh i i don't know if they're ever going to return um I don't think a weekly Twitter spaces thing will be uh, in the cards because uh, you can't get the audio from that for the podcast feed. Uh, and also I, I like the, a little bit of barrier to entry um, kind of keep the trolls and random people uh, at a minimum. So we won't have many more of these um and heck, uh, who knows? I mean, this, in theory, it might be the last one. I, I'm planning on doing one or two more, uh, but we'll see. We will see. Um, we're going to give the Boneheads a chance to put a bow on this basketball season. Before we do, as always, we are sponsored by Manhattan Brewing Company. It is the best brewery in the state of Kansas. I absolutely love them. They always have something great brewing up on tap in four packs uh it's one of the coolest spots in the state to sit down and drink they have a great open brewery concept and they have a fully stocked bar so the next time you're in manhattan be sure to get a couple pints at manhattan brewing company get some four packs and crowlers to go and when you see them in stores, in your local liquor stores, and on tap at your local watering hole, be sure to give it a go. Uh, A little bit of news. K-State will be taking on Villanova in the 2023 Big East Big 12 battle in Bramlage Coliseum uh, sometime in late November, early December. Uh, So that will be exciting. Uh, I don't think I've talked about it on the show. Ishra Masood uh, deciding to leave. Uh, not shocking. I would have liked for him to stick around, but uh, Coach Tang made it seem like, hey, he does not uh, you know, want to be in a similar role. He wants to be in a place where he can play 30 minutes a game, so I understand it. I wish Ish would have been able to go through senior day 
uh, festivities, but it is what it is. I'll always have love for Ish Masood. Um, so that's really all I have tonight. It's really about putting a cap on the basketball season, giving the Boneheads that opportunity. I'll be speaking with Jimmy Goheen uh, later this week for the Monday episode where he and I will do it. So I'm going to try my best to give the runway to anyone who's participating today. Uh, so let's just start with Callie Mike. And Callie Mike, let's, let's keep it focused on the end there. Um, you know, tough, devastating, heartbreaking loss, but, uh, what a tournament, uh, you know, just kind of walk me through your emotions when you kind of reflect back at this tournament run that K-State. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, you definitely, you said it, like it was tough. It was devastating. It was one of those, like at the end of the elite eight game, like I, I just felt so dejected, like, it, it was, it was crushing. Like it took me back to like, I, I basically said that that was the second worst K-State loss uh, in terms of a gut punch to me, just uh, second only to 1998 football team. And I just, um, it hurt. Uh, and I think it was just because of how exciting the whole NCAA tournament was like, especially the Michigan state game um, and how, you know, that game goes to overtime and it was just like the biggest roller coaster ever. And then you just, all the media attention to the team, you just loved every aspect of this team. And that's just what made it hurt so bad. But on the same token, first year coach, um, only hope was to get to the tournament and we got to the elite eight. Like you couldn't ask for more than that. Really. It's just, we felt like, we had the potential to get more than that. And that's, that's why it hurt, but still amazing, amazing season. Let's go next to pinstripe Joel, uh, pinstripe Joel, uh, walk me through your emotions again. We're, we're now, uh, you know, what more that we're, we're more than 10 days removed from the loss. So just kind of walk me through the emotions, both positive and negative. When you look back on this tournament. Yeah, uh, Pinstripe Joel is new. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's your nickname. But again, we, we, we're not going to have very more, uh, very many live shows. So I don't know if it's going to uh, be able to stick, seeing that we're going to do this maybe one or two more times. So uh, yeah, I don't, I don't is. know if that one has the sticking power, in my opinion. But hey, uh, it is what it, it is. What it is. It is what it do, is. Do love the Yankees, though. Shout out. You know, um, what are they now? Five and two. That's that's pretty good baseball. Um, but, yeah, uh, thankfully for the game, I was surrounded by friends and family, um, which made the loss a lot easier. Um, pretty pretty uh, poor game, uh, to be honest. But e- extremely fun run. Um, it, and I, I'm glad that I could, like, I'm back to feeling this hurt. Like I've missed this hurt. It's a hard thing to explain, but the tournament's amazing. I love it so much. Uh, This team was very special and I think uh, we got a lot to look for. Yeah, I I hear you. And uh, you kind of had some good words there. And uh, to go along with all that, you know, getting a couple uh, one shining moment clips, I mean, you know, that, that was nice. That was nice. Uh, we'll go to Logan next. Logan, 
uh, walk me through your emotions. Again, we're like 10 days. Actually, no, it's 12 days removed from the loss. So walk me through the positive and negative emotions from this uh, NCAA tournament run that we had. It's obviously something I wasn't expecting. Coming into the season, I was like, maybe 19 wins. I'd be happy if we sneak in the tournament. So anyway, I was kind of probably one of those rare cat fans that – I just didn't think we were going to win that game the way FAU was playing. And it was just too good to be true, I think, in Tang's first year to reach the peak of uh, making a Final Four. So, you know, positive out of it is it's only up from here, I think. Uh, Like I said, I mean, reach the peak in your first year, where do you go from there? So you have something to be hungry for to take that next step. But – I don't, I don't know. Just seeing them lose to Butler, then Loyal, Chicago, and the previous Elite Eights, I just did not give me confidence playing a FAU team that uh, had nothing to lose. So it's dejecting, but I feel like, you know, we got a lot in front of us. And <laughs> I mean, reaching the peak in the first year, that'd be something. I hear you. Let's go next to one half of the Aggieville Alley Cats, Connor Balthazor. Connor, uh, walk me through the positive and negative emotions uh, associated with this NCAA tournament. Um, well, I'll start with the negative, just uh, losing in the fashion that we did, getting to the Elite Eight again. I was very nervous going into the game just because – um, I've now lived through two pretty brutal Elite Eight losses to mid-majors. I was I pretty much just laid down, didn't say anything for like an hour after that, and just generally felt pretty terrible. But putting a sleep in between the game and me, uh, that helped with the perspective a lot, and it allowed me to really – kind of see the season for what it was and the tournament run for what it was. And it was a fantastic tournament run. Uh, We went further than I think pretty much anybody expected us to, especially considering that we were underdogs in those two incredible games against Kentucky and Michigan State. So I've taken the position of being really happy with how it went while still recognizing that we're probably never going to get that good of a shot at getting the final four again. That's not to say we won't, but that was a very favorable path that we kind of fumbled there. But regardless, it was still a fantastic tournament uh, with some incredible uh, moments to remember forever. That'll they'll probably be up there in the pregame highlight videos with the Cartier Jara dunk for forever at this point, some of those highlights. Yeah, the, the tournament's always wild. Uh, but you know, the, the, the way it all just kind of laid out this year, uh, despite dogs in two, two games as the, uh, better seed in hell ended up only being a one point favorite versus FAU and all the money was coming in on them anyways. But we were in a situation where hypothetically, if we would have won every single game, uh, we would have worn the white uniforms all the way including the championship game. So as a three seed, uh, that doesn't come around very often, and, and it does suck that it went that way. But 
I think you mentioned it correctly. I think we saw uh, multiple plays during this run that are going to be in the highlight videos, the pregame video packages uh, until, you know, college sports stop being a thing. So great perspective from Connor. Let's go to Ema Elvis next. Ema Elvis, uh, walk me through. Give me the ups and the downs. The ups were just being there. Uh, and I don't mean just being in the tournament because I remember early on, we talked about our expectations for the season and a lot of people were saying, I think we're going to be dancing. I think we'll be an 11 seed or whatever, you know? And, uh, I, I had high hopes and I think I said something about, Oh, we're going to make it all the way to the elite eight and then see what happens from there. Um, and you know, that's wishful thinking when I talk like that and what I want to happen rather than what I think will happen sometimes, but it happened. And so the, the positive of it is that we got that far with this team that was kind of put together like a movie script. And we were just a missed dunk and a couple of free throws away from winning that thing and maybe not getting a shot off at the, on the last play of the game. We were that close, missed it by that much. And so that makes the heart ache a little bit, but the, the heart feels pretty good for next year's team. This is, this is the beginning of something. It's not the end of it. So that's the positives I can take away from it. Those are good call outs. Uh, I, I do got to say, I, I, I really wish I had uh, the emotional maturity and the, uh, uh, you know, the stiff upper lip to go back and truly watch that game beginning to the end because uh, and there's a handful of those moments that, man, haunts me. I almost kind of want to diagnose those moments, uh, but I just can't. I, I, uh, I, you know, I may, be, I may do that before the season starts next year because there's going to be high hopes for next year's team. Depending on what we do in the portal, which I have total faith in, Tang and company to put together another great team. Um, and, and you may be wanting to talk about this later tonight. I don't know, but uh, so I'll save that, but uh, I, I will feel more like watching it with a lot of time in between now and then. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about portal stuff, but uh, I will say uh there is something about Jerome Tang and how everything just ha- like worked out this year that you feel like you just might have the Midas touch. Now uh, we're going to be able to feel like that for, you know, what, another six, seven months, eight months. Uh, so there's nothing that can happen in, you know, the next seven, eight months that, that can make that feeling go away. And that, that's a really good feeling. Uh, we'll wrap up this segment with uh, the coffee fiend, Nick who was smoking up some bacon. Uh, so, Nick, uh, first off, shout out to you, smoking up some bacon. Uh, but, yeah, let's just kind of hear the ups and the downs from this tournament. Yeah, we made some uh, BLTs tonight, so a good old staple in this household. Um, can't Bacon is uh, superior on the smoker than a regular uh, griddle or any of the rest. So just so you all know. Uh, wrap up on the season. Um, it was by far the funnest season I can remember watching K-State basketball, even more so than 
the 2018, uh, 2019 crew, um, just in the fact that it was just, I knew always every game going in, we had, I always knew that there would be some play that would just make me go, wow, like that is at the top play of the year for us. And then it gets on to another play and to another play. So um, I'm excited for, for next year in the sense of, I think we have, we have a standard now of what our expectations are for the team. And from now on, uh, that is the standard is elite, elite eight or uh, further. That is, that is a standard in, in my opinion, but uh, great season. Uh, I'm sure going to miss the seniors. Um, and after watching Coach, uh, Coach Tang's press conference, it, it just seems like he knew, um, he knows what to say in the sense of every aspect of uh, the transfer portal and see people leaving and just in the fact that he's going to find transfers, but yet he's still going to welcome everybody if they decide to come back. So um, in that particular moment, but uh, I'm excited for next year. And um, like I said, we, we got dudes and coach Tang's going to find. There you go. I, I, I gotta say, uh, saying the standard is, uh, elite eight. I mean, that's, that, that's a, uh, that, that's a statement right there from you. And, and I, I hope that they live up to that standard and, uh, that, uh, let, let's move on though. Everyone kind of touched on it. There was a little answer, but beyond just the tournament, uh, if you're looking at this season as a whole, I would love to know your guys, uh, you know, individual highlights or moments that are going to stick with you forever. You know, it can be a game. It can be an individual play. It can be a player. I just want to know from you guys, you know, five, ten years from now, when you're looking back on Jerome Tang season one, what are those moments or highlights that you're going to instantly think of? Let's start with Callie. Uh, I think it's probably uh, goes without saying that the highlight for me was uh, Tang's first road win ever as head coach and in Cal Berkeley uh, and being able to be there in person. Um, And just like that experience was uh, once in a lifetime for me, I felt just because, you know, we got to meet the players. We got to meet coach Tang. We got to, hang out with them at, or not hang out with them, but like basically catch them before they boarded the bus, um, take a, a court shot um, at the end with the K-State athletics photography crew. Um, it was just amazing. And obviously I have the uh, photo of me reaching out to Tang uh, pinned on my Twitter feed. Uh, so it was just amazing for me. Um, and then the second runner up is just all the swag that came out this year, all the, the Nike apparel, just amazing. Yeah, again, I, I think you you uh, and, and your crew out there in the Bay Area really can lay claim to, you know, some of the first viral moments of the season, uh, you know, being, you know, a few hundred strong, getting those pictures and all, all those fun snaps that came from K-State Athletics and the social team. So shout out to you and all the Bay Area cats. Um, all right, let's go to let's go to Pinstripe Joel again. Uh, we'll, we'll go to you next. Uh, 10, 15 years from now, uh, you're still going to be looking as handsome as ever, I'm sure. But what what are some of the moments and highlights you're going to think back on Jerome Tang's first? 
Yeah, uh, obviously uh, Keontae's dunk against KU to seal the game, that was elite. And then again, the Michigan State dunk, also elite. Um, but I, I think uh, the game that's actually going to stick with me and kind of running off of what Callie Mike said was, I only got to go to one game this year. It was a little busy. Um, but I got to go to the Nebraska game. And one of my my best friends at work, he's a huge Nebraska fan. So that was an amazing win for me. Shut him up for a while. And so that's one I'll always remember. Kind of underrated game, but. I'm going to get you back in the octagon next year. Uh, you know, if, if, I, if, I have oh, to, if I have to come pick you up and drive you for a midweek game uh, myself, I'm, I'm going to get you back in. Uh, get you back in, in Bramlage. Uh, no, my schedule is a little packed in the fall, but all that is past now. So it's, it's full go mode for the cats uh, come November. There you go. And, and K state fans who are listening again, it, it's a long ways off, uh, but everyone knows I have a disdain for the Wichita state shockers. I believe it is December 23rd. So it's going to be a nice little pre Christmas get together in the sprint center with Wichita State. So this is a, you know, what, uh, eight-plus month, eight-and-a-half-month notice to all K-State fans. Do whatever you can to keep as little black and gold uh, in. Don't give them an opportunity to come into the T-Mobile Center. Uh, So just kind of have it on your radar that you need to be spending a Saturday in KC to keep the Shockers out of our home away from home. All right, let's go to Connor Baltazor. Connor, you, like me, talked about just about every single Cats game into a microphone. Uh, so what, what are some of the highlights from this season you're going to think back on when you and Ace are doing a 15-year anniversary sh- uh, show on Jerome Tang's first? Uh, there's a few that you can point to. Frankly, there's a lot that you could point to, but – Probably the I was able to get to a couple of games this year. I was at the Nebraska game, the Sprint Center, and that was super fun. I saw you at that game. Uh, I, I think I, about our interaction a couple of times. I'm pretty sure I tried to say I saw your brother, um, and I don't think you have a brother. So I do not. Have a brother, so. <laughs> I, I think <laughs> I've thought about that interaction we had a few times, and I was like, I'm pretty sure I told Connor I saw his brother. Uh, and Connor doesn't have a brother, so uh, just know that I've I've thought about that interaction uh, a few times, and just kind of like facepalm every time I think. For what it's worth, I did not hear you say that, so uh, that I, I didn't think anything of it. So uh, I, I I never considered that. So no no reason to facepalm. <laughs> uh, then uh, so there was a Nebraska game that was really fun, but I think the game I had the most fun at was. My dad and I were able to get to the uh, Oklahoma State game when they had those really cheap GA tickets. We went up, uh, did the trip all in like one day because uh, I was back in Pittsburgh for uh, for break. But we just got in the car and did three and a half hours there, game three and a half hours back. And that was super, super fun. Uh, and there was, there was another uh, game clinching lob in that game as well that I think sometimes get, has been kind of getting a little overshadowed by the KU game and the Michigan State game, and rightfully so to a certain degree because those games had higher stakes and the dunks were incredible. But 
Yeah, Keontae, he sealed that Oklahoma State game with a great way. And that was also that first sellout right after we beat Texas and Baylor. So that was kind of the first like return of doom game. So I think that's one that might get a little bit forgotten uh, through the sands of time, but is a really, really, really important game uh, to this season. I'm glad you brought that up because that moment, uh, was absolutely wild. I, I went with Grant. I gave him my other ticket, and my goodness, that 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 alley oop dunk! I was just like, I was going wild because I was like, you know, we just did an alley oop for what was basically a game clinching bucket and just a knockout drag out game. Little did anyone know, you know, that was going to be what the first of like four game clinching alley oops that we throw that year. Uh, I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, let's go to Logan, and then we'll go to Emaw Elvis. Logan, what is uh, you know the highlight? What are you going to think back on this year, uh, 10, 15 years? I'm going to bring up a couple. I think it's always sweet when we sweep all the Kansas teams, so beating Wichita State, beating KU. I don't think that happens very often in Kansas State history. And then it's uh, – beating Texas at the Moody Center for their opening game, putting up 115 points. So every time Texas has to think about their first game in that arena, K-State whooped their ass. And then it's uh, Tang, um, his post-game comments. I think Kentucky overdid it, but kind of just shitting on them with his uh, post-game comments saying we got dudes and it doesn't matter what your jersey it, I don't know. I'm not going to quote him verbatim because I'm going to mess it up. But that quote he had after the game, beating Kentucky. So, yeah, I I, I love that. I, I think it, I think it was uh, you know the, those players from the past aren't aren't suiting up. They're not going to help you win these games. Something along those lines. Uh, and then we we got good history too. I think was was his line. So I, th- that's a good one. And I, I like that you brought up that Texas game because again, I I believe. The stat is the only two men's basketball teams to win a game in the Moody Center are the Texas Longhorns and your K-State Wildcats. Uh, let's go next to – we'll go to Ema Elvis, and then we'll wrap up with Nick. Ema Elvis, uh, my friend, you know, as, as you're uh, reminiscing, when you, when you think back on this 10, 15 years from now, what are going to be some of those highlights you go back? The ones I got most excited about – and for the reasons that have already been said, that the game at Austin, uh, a record for K-State, all-time scoring, 116, may never do that again. That's okay. We'll remember Tang's first season, first Big 12 road game, and just blew everybody away when they saw that score, I'm sure. No matter who you root for or where you're from, you had to look at that score and say, huh? Kansas State did that to Texas at Texas. Uh, the the one that tops that was senior night against OU, a game that was seemed to be just filled with highlights, and the way we pulled away at the end was awesome. Had so much fun, and then sticking around for with probably 8,500, 9,000 people staying an extra 20 minutes for all the postgame activities. It was it was pretty incredible. Yeah, that that Oklahoma game was truly like Harlem Globetrotter esque from about the like eight minute mark left in the first half through the end of that game. I think that along with Radford that probably had 
the most, uh, you know, just single play highlights. So I'm, I'm glad you brought. All right, we'll, we'll end this one with Nick. Nick, uh, so many to pick from. And again, you're at the end, but I, I have faith in you. Uh, what is what are those uh, handful of highlights that you always? Um, just the excitement that overall in the whole season that uh, coach and the players brought. But some highlights. I mean, that KU game, the lob. I mean, incredible. And then obviously the tournament highlights. But um, some. I mean, for me, honestly, it's not necessarily highlights. Just the memories of. Even now, looking on Twitter and uh, the reaction of the national media talking about K-State and Jerome Tang and Marquise and just the fact that K-State is brought back into the national spotlight. And for me, that's that's a highlight in itself that, you know, uh, we're being talked about again in the national spotlight. But um, the incredible dunks, the logo threes, ish just being big 12 ish like there's there's too many to count yeah so many of them and that's kind of what makes this season fun and i i think i think it'll be a fun exercise to go back and uh have this conversation in a few years because i i feel like some of those other major seasons where it's big 12 champions or going on an elite eight run i feel like uh you know it's the same kind of handful of memories and highlights i think this season may have uh more of those uh than maybe any of the others so i'm glad i got to hear all of that from you guys Uh, but let's start looking forward uh again the portal is open i believe it is open for a full another month i think may 7th is when the portal closes uh, and that's uh, and entering the portal. You can sign, you can commit, you know, basically whenever. Uh, so K-State currently has three spots open as of time of recording. Um, gun to my head, I would gamble. One more opens up. I couldn't tell you who it would be. I don't, I, I, I don't know who it would be. I, I would just gamble. Hey, the way college basketball is, I would gamble one more opens. But right now we have three open scholarships. So what I'm going to ask you guys, you can either give me uh, a specific player or maybe just, hey, archetype, just traits that you're looking for for guys in the portal. Uh, you can go as uh, you know exact naming some names or as general as you want to be. As I talked about earlier, the fun part about this is Tang has the golden, you know, touch. He has the Midas touch because every single transfer portal guy he brought in did the exact job they were brought in to do. So that has to give you some confidence uh, as we look to fill these three spots. We'll start with the man out in the Bay Area, Cali Mike. Cali Mike, three spots open. What do you want to see them do with? Well. I mean, I think it's been said on Twitter quite a bit lately that, um, you know, all of these top high profile targets that like the biggest names in the portal, um, Tang has reached out to these kids and 
they're all high on K-State. And, you know, that's obvious from, you know, what we did in the tournament and all that uh, news media coverage we got. Um, but, you know, I'm not like, I, I trust in Tang to put together the team. So there's nobody that I'm pulling for, especially. Um, but I think that in terms of just knowing the history of LJ Cryer, it just seems like that's potentially a name you're going to be seeing wearing the Wildcats script next year. And that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, that is a uh, first team, all big 12 member LJ Cryer. We'll go to pinstripe Joel next Joel, uh, whether it's names or maybe it's just some characteristics, what are you hoping to see uh, fill in those three open spots as Tango's portal hunt? Yeah, I got three names for you. I got number one, Max. Is it a- Abmus? Abmus? I, I call I say Abmus, but like Abmus? again, I don't pronounce anything correctly, so that's probably wrong. But let's get him, and then I'll talk to Wyatt, and we'll, we'll see how he pronounces. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, uh, from Oral Roberts. Yep, Oral Roberts guy. Yeah, quality score. Um, he would be a beast. We can get him. Why not? He's from Texas. Um, number two, give me that Kentucky big uh, Ugamba or whatever his name was. Also, also with Scott, I'm horrible with names. Um, but he's young. He's like six eleven. Uh, we could develop him how we want. I think it'd be a good fit. And then for the last one, give me Tyler Perry out of North Texas. He also has those ties. I think he's a – I don't want to say he's a better hmm, – he might be a better overall player than LJ Cryer. I'm not going to cap. LJ Cryer's defense is really bad. Um, so, yeah, that's my three. Yeah, that, that, that's a that's a fair knock on LJ Cryer. I mean, we, we absolutely cooked him uh, twice, uh, you know, our offense going against him trying to guard us. So I think that is a fair call out there. I, I do think he might be ending up with McCaslin at Texas Tech. We will see. Um, and how wild is this? And if if I'm lucky enough to get Jerome Tang on the show uh, this offseason, I want to ask him. You know, he he he's had to go against Scott Drew twice. He's now going to have to go against McCaslin twice. And old boy, uh, you know, going from Oral Roberts to Wichita State, Paul Mills. Uh, so he's going to have, what, five out of the 30 regular season games versus former uh, associates uh, from Scott Drew's staff. That's pretty wild. Uh, let's go to Connor Baltazar next. Connor, you got three spots to fill. Uh, how are you looking? To- There's a few decent options. Oh, I did look it up, by the way. Max, uh, his last name is pronounced Asmus. Uh, apparently the B makes an S sound. What? What? I know, right? Because I, I remember hearing that. I, I heard broadcasters during the NCAA tournament saying Ace Miss, and I was like, are they really getting it that wrong? But apparently that's just how you say it. So uh, so we, I don't think anybody would get that right in the first try. So no harm, no foul to you guys. <laughs> I mean, I'll go with it, but that's wild. I, 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 yeah, I don't even know what to make of it, but. Yeah, so I think he is a must-get if we're able to. Uh, I, I doubt that Wichita State is going to have too much pull for him because I think he's probably looking for probably the highest level possible in a system that really works for him. So I'd love to get him, love to get Cryer. Only concern with those two combined is height. 
I think. Because uh, I think they're both like hovering around six foot, maybe not even six foot. So potential concern there. I'd really like to get a dynamic big. I'm not super familiar with the big guys in the portal right now. I know there's a guy from Nevada, some guy from Kentucky just entered. Uh, but I'm not as familiar with the big guys there. I know there's a guard from Houston as well that is basically a Cam Carter clone, it seems like, uh, in terms of his skill set. Like, okay, three-point shooter, really good defender, uh, similar build. So, And I saw that we made his top four. Uh, so I know that's not super specific, but, I mean, Cryer and uh, A. Smith have to be, I think, 1A and 1B because I think those are both Cam. Yeah, th- those are good call outs. And, and I think I probably agree with you. I, I think that's kind of a either or uh, when you look at their size. I, I think it would be, I mean, we saw what happened uh, when, when you were starting two guys under six foot uh, in the Big 12, uh, Bruce's final year with Marquise and Nigel Pack, two elite players. Uh, but th- that's just tough to get it done. So I, I think that's kind of an either or. Uh, if you're going to get them. Um, let's go with Logan, then we'll go Ema, Elvis, and then Nick. Logan, what are you looking for? Yeah, Tank said he wants a point guard. That's played at least 90 games in his career on the college game, on the college level. So, you know, experienced guard. I don't know who that is. Max A. Smith would be pretty incredible to get him or that point guard from uh, Kentucky. can't remember his name. Um there's also one guy I, look, I looked at, uh, Avery Anderson from Oklahoma State. Um, I saw him in the transfer report. I don't know if he'd be one to go after. But also we got killed on the boards every NCAA tournament game. So somebody that can grab a rebound. Yeah, I, I, I think rebounding will hopefully improve next year regardless of who we bring in. Um We'll go Ema Elvis, and then we'll end with uh, Nick. And, yeah, uh, t- uh, t- Tyler Perry, also a shorty. Uh, so, again, he- he's probably right up with the- there with uh, uh, Acemas and uh, Cryer. But, again, I-, I-, I think, you know, you-, you go after one of those three guys and then try to find a bigger guard as well. Uh, but Ema Elvis. Okay, my I- I know that we're needing a big dude with good hands, a rebounder, somebody that can uh, score easily around the rim and uh, take up a lot of space. And uh, I don't know who that is. I don't know the big guys in the in the portal at all. Uh, I think with Cryer's connection as a guard to Tang, that's maybe a shoe in, but I don't know the way the way Tang keeps talking is. We're not in a hurry. It's not a race. Uh, a lot of guys will wait until the, the deadline to jump into the portal. And from what I'm hearing, it's almost as if he's talked to people that he knows are going to wait until the last minute to jump in. Um, so I hope that's true. If he has his eye on somebody and really wants them, that that's who he's going to get. But I think all of these dudes are going to be the kind that shave in the morning and have a five o'clock shadow. So um, guys that have been around a while and know how to play. Uh, but yeah, definitely need to really, we'll never get a Marquis Noel. That guy, 
that guy is the guy. Uh, and I don't know if anybody can match that, but we don't need to depend on two players anymore. If, if this is done right, where we can get four or five guys on any night that can score 20. Uh, we don't need somebody to score 30 and, and the rest of them might, you know, get into double figures if they're lucky. So uh, they can't shut off everybody. They can shut off two guys like they did in this year's losses, but they can't shut off everybody. So I, I'm looking for huge improvement with a point guard, a scoring guard, and a big dude. That's a great point uh, because not only are you going to have to wait for the portal to close, uh, a lot of these guys that we're, we're preliminary talking to, uh, they're actually going through the NBA draft process, LJ Cryer being one of them. And truthfully, we have, and, and maybe we'll do like a quick hitter on this. Uh, sounds like Naquan Tomlin is going to at least go through the process as well. So I think when you take into account uh, not only the portal, but also the uh, NBA stuff, um, just about anything can happen. Uh, we'll go up to Nick here in a second. Um, Callie, Mike, I, I see uh, – I don't know if this is being facetious or not. Can Keontae come back? Technically, Keontae Johnson, because he played uh, uh, that one game at Florida ceremonially um, last season, uh, this was technically his COVID season – in theory, I'm sure they would give him a medical red shirt if he wanted it, but he does not want it. There is no part of Keontae who ever, uh, ever thought he was going to come back again. He's starting his pro career, hopefully as an NBA draft pick. Uh, so technically, maybe he could have come back, but it, it was never going to happen. This was always one and done for him. All right, Nick, what do you want to see happen? In this? Um, I think... Uh, obviously, Emo Elvis touched it. Point guard uh, with experience, uh, big that can rebound. But more for me, I like athleticism. I want two, three position players to be able to shoot, defend, and stretch the game. Uh, so that's honestly, I know it's a short answer, it's a cop out, but um, just athleticism all around. All right. Um... We're going to do a rapid fire uh, question. This is not binding. If we have a, uh, if we have a live show format that comes back uh, and I'm going to look for it, um, but uh, Spotify live going down color cast uh, is also already dead. So honestly, I don't know what it would be um, to bring this back, but, so this is not binding, but I'm going to ask you guys this question between the two or between the three red shirts. So you had uh, Anthony Thomas, you had Jarrell Colbert, you have Taj Manning, and then you have the three incoming freshmen, uh, Day Day Ames, RJ Jones, and Michaela Rich. Which of those six guys is going to have the biggest impact on next season? Uh, you, you can give uh, as big or as uh, little of an answer as you want, but we'll start with Cal. Um, I think what what I'm seeing from the uh, incoming freshmen 
Um, I don't know. I may have this wrong, but I thought I saw that Dede had like 65 points in a game the other night. Uh, but definitely what I'm hearing is that Taj Manning is like legit going to be running the team at some point. So I, I think Taj is going to like take over and we're going to be blown away. All right. We got one for Taj. Let's go to pinstripe Joel. Yeah. Uh, I think it's gotta be Naquan, right? Like, is that answer too easy? Uh, no. So, so the the only six options are the three red shirts and the three incoming freshmen. Okay. Yeah, no, bad. no. Naquan, if he comes back, I, and and folks, I think there's probably at least a thirty percent chance he just decides to go for it and go to the NBA. I I think it, it might even be higher. It's it's not fifty fifty, but it might be, uh, you know, thirty seventies, uh, you know, forty sixty. I think there's a very real chance he decides to give it a go. But if he comes back uh, and if he buys in during the summer, I think Naquan Tomlin could be a first-team All-American candidate. I, I think he he's going to be that good next year. But of the six guys, the three red shirts and the three in, incoming freshmen, uh, of those six, who's going to have the biggest impact next year? Yeah, my heart wants it to be uh, Baby Zion, uh, Michaela Rich. Um, I, I think he probably won't be it. Uh, I think I got to go with Callie Mike with uh, with Taj. I tell you what, you see some of the stuff from uh, Michaela Rich, uh, whether it's AAU or high school ball. Uh, defenders are literally trying to hang on his shoulders, and he's still just Paul. Uh, that dude. He's going to have some highlights. We'll go to Connor Balthazar next. Um, I'm really tempted to say Mikhail Bridge for the reasons that you just said. He just made his way into the uh, on three top 100 recruits for this upcoming year. So he's finally starting to get some of that respect that I think he's deserved because he's just such a crazy athlete. It's hard to believe until you really watch his highlights and his film. Like he is so explosive uh, off the floor and has so much bounce. Uh, but it's hard not to say a guy like Taj Manning just because it seems like so many things in the last month or so that have been coming out of the program have been just overwhelmingly positive uh, things about Taj Manning and how he's been. And there's been some like, some stuff that's been said about the other guys, but Taj Manning, people have been just saying like the most outlandish things about him that he's going to like be in the NBA in like a year or something like that. I think that he would have played this year if that was true, but he I do think that, yeah, <laughs> he, I, I think he would. Yeah. I, I think Taj Manning, regardless, I still think the truth is somewhere, uh, in that realm of possibility, just in that I think he could be an all big 12 guy. Like there's obviously some pretty serious exaggeration going on, but uh, if what's been being said about him is remotely true, then he's going to have a really fantastic career at K-State. We'll go to Logan and then Ema Elvis, Logan of the three red shirts and three incoming guys. Who's going to have the biggest impact next? Yeah, I think, you know, uh, Bruce Weber, he brought in some bad recruits, but he also found some diamonds in the rough. And I think Taj Manning's like the the Barry Brown, um, probably plays a different position, but I think Taj Manning's going to be a guy. And then also a guy I think 
I mean, did they give him the red shirt, Dorian Finister? I feel like he's on the team for a reason. And so he he's – I know Tang is saying they're going to try to give him a red shirt. Um, I see no world in which he is awarded a red shirt. And if the NCAA ends up giving him one, uh, they might as well not have rules. Like, it would be the stupidest thing in the world if they were able to get him a red shirt. I mean, I'm all for it. Fine. Give it to him. Uh, but if that happens, just throw the NCAA onto a bonfire and just kill off college sports. There shouldn't be any room. Yeah, I feel like no one's talking about him, and he got a year to sit behind Marquise Noel and, and learn. So maybe it'll be. All right, we'll go Ema Elvis. And then... I think it'll be Taj Manning. Um, Tang is very high on him, says he'll be all Big 12 someday. It doesn't mean next year, uh, but if he's that kind of a player with that kind of upside, I think we're going to see great things from him. And the way Tang talks about him, he doesn't exaggerate, I don't think. He says that the scout team this year was so good that they would have placed in the middle of the Big 12. Well, K-State's first team was third. So that's a pretty damn good scout team. Um, and that Taj Manning goes up against Keontae, and he's tough as nails. So look for great things from Taj Manning next year. Sounds like on defense as well as offense. All right, and we'll wrap this one up with Nick. Yeah, I'm with Emil Ellis, uh, just in the fact that Taj Manning, just from like Emil Elvis said, uh, Coach Dang has been high on him. Uh, I do believe he's probably going to get some uh, reserve minutes in the sense of maybe 20, 20 minutes, but I think uh, he might flirt with an all-freshman team, Big 12. Um, not necessarily honorable mention, third, second, or first team, but he's going to get some some recognition. He's going to put some put some points up and uh, do good things for us. But his 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 year will be the year after. So uh, Taj Manning is going to be the guy. Well, there we go. All right, we have only one question left, and. Uh, what probably is going to be one of the final live shows of all time. But before we do, I want to give one special final shout out of the night to Manhattan Brewing Company, the best brewery in the great state of Kansas. Be sure to check them out the next time you're in Manhattan. And every time you go to your local liquor store or favorite watering hole, if they don't have any Manhattan Brewing Company, respectfully bully them until they do. All right, uh, it's it's Coach Tang's favorite phrase, what's next? Take that however you want. We'll start with Callie Mike. What's next? Ooh, good one. What's next? Well, I think that um, I definitely think that Tang is going to pick up some gems in the transfer portal. Uh, there's no doubt about that in my mind. Um, I think we're going to be riding high uh, during the offseason season just with whatever's happening um, with Tang and the team. Um, You know, we have a ton of optimism. Um, Take one day at a time, but I feel like 
with everything going on with K-State sports, uh, it's all positivity, especially for all of us this year. Pinstripe Joel, what's – Yeah, I'm going to say, um, you know, just spring season is next. It's an underrated season, I think, on message boards, on Twitter, you know. Recruiting's at an all-time high. You get the basketball, football, recruiting overlap there at the transfer portal. So, yeah, I mean, I hope to – I hope we just kind of strike early and strike fast, and um, I hope we uh, make a big splash. That all kind of rhymed, so that's a good way. I absolutely love it. Cole, or not Cole, we'll, we'll end with Cole. Connor Bouts or what's next? Um, with the news that Villanova is visiting uh, K-State next year for the Big 12 Beast Challenge, it has me thinking that we need to get some even better and a, a higher quantity of high-profile, high-level non-conference game scheduled. It'll be interesting to see what the schedule looks like. Um, I have a lot of thoughts on that. That might be a uh, off-season show that I that I talk about because I actually disagree with you, and uh, you'll have to wait until like May, probably May, to hear my reasoning why. We'll go uh, Logan and then Ema Elvis. Logan, what's next? I guess it's just sitting back on our couch watching uh, Twitter and seeing who Tank can pick up. I'm excited about him ha- actually having some time to sit back and find the recruits he wants. I mean, he was on a time crunch with, what, two players in, in June or July this time last year. So he, he gets time to get the players he wants. There you go. Ema Elvis, what's next? I think maybe it's a gathering of the boneheads somewhere before a football game or a basketball game next season. You know, I, I, I keep saying that it's going to happen. I think I've been saying that uh, for two years now. Uh, so I want it to happen. I'm going to work on trying to make it happen. Uh, but unlike the last two years, I'm not going to promise it because I hate it when I break my promises. But I am going to work on something email this. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I feel like you don't believe me, which is probably fair. Uh, we'll go to the coffee fiend next. Uh, what's next? Uh, email Elvis, I will one up you. How about a bonehead meetup in the summer at Manhattan Brewing Company? And then just, just from that alone, I mean, enjoy, like Coach Tank said in this press conference, he's going to enjoy. Uh, the process, he's going to enjoy the players he has and who he's going to bring in, and then it's back to business. And uh, I'm excited to see who he brings in. And um... There you go. And then we'll end with Coley Dub. You, you made it just in time. Coley Dub, Jerome Tang's favorite question, what's next? Um, I think for – Kansas State Athletics is just a lot more fun, a lot more victories. Um, no matter how those come, whether it's football or basketball, um, just good, good times, good times ahead. Um, and what's next for me now that it's the off season of all major sport, or well, I guess in our K State fandom, uh, off season of our major sports, uh, the money makers is moving back to Kansas at the end of August. I'm super hyped, super excited about it. So I'm really looking forward to the good times moving. 
There you go. Well, folks, that is the end of tonight's live show. Uh, We will be going live next Wednesday. Next Wednesday might be the final live show of all time. Uh, Stay tuned. Um, I will we'll have to, we'll have to look into a couple things, but it might be the final live show of all time or the following week. Uh, we only have two or three weeks left. Uh, and eventually it might be the final one. If, if I can't, what do you mean, Logan? Spotify live is dead. Can uh, color cast is dead. What about like Twitter? Sp- like space can no, I, Why not? no, I no. No, I'm not. No, I'm not going to do Twitter spaces. And here's the reason why, Nick. And, I, and I'm glad you asked. First off, you you can't get the audio, so I can't publish it as a podcast. Second, yeah, and that, and that's fine. Second, um, I don't want the live show to ever be overtaken by trolls. Um, the fact that there is a little bit of an effort. Uh, to get to Spotify Live, to get to ColorCast in the past. Um, it keeps random people away. I don't want uh, the small, very small, but very real group of Bosco's Boys haters uh, who are self-proclaimed K-State fans. I don't want them coming in and ruining the good vibes. I don't want people like some of these KU and Iowa State trolls to come in and ruin the vibes. You put that on Twitter spaces, it becomes very easy for anyone to join. Uh, and quite frankly, I I don't like that. I don't want that. Um, so yeah, the the one exception I might make is a bonehead prediction extravaganza, um, just because those have always been a little bit more wild. Um, that might be the only. Uh, exception I make. So there will not ever be a uh, consistent. Surely there's like another app out there by now, right? I mean, it's no, really. It's up to you regardless. Like, I know it's a lot of work for you. I just wanted, I just wanted to know. So, I mean, that's fine. I I let you know. I'll hop on it. Yeah. So, uh, but, but we will be going live next week, maybe the week after to be determined. Um, so that being said, shout out to Manhattan Brewing Company. Shout out to all the, you know, Abrahamic uh, religions as well. We're in the midst of Ramadan. Happy Ramadan. I believe today is Passover. Uh, so to all the Jewish listeners, happy Passover. And then, of course, on Sunday, uh, Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday, happy Easter to everyone as well. I hope uh, everyone who celebrates any of these holidays is able to do so uh, with their family and they're, they're taking time to reflect and uh, get deeper in their own chosen faith. If that is your cup of tea. Uh, So that's all I have tonight. Uh, Shout out to the boneheads as always shout out to Chauncey, the best dog in the world. So for all of you, for all of K state nation, we love you guys and go cat. Hail to the purple, hail to the white, wildcat in spirit, wildcat in fight. Hail alma mater from 
Podcast Network.